folks, Gary Washburn with the 12th edition of the Washburn Files podcast, our special trade deadline edition. Uh, we're talking to you right after the trade deadline. A lot of new faces, a lot of new places, a lot of moves made, some that weren't, that were talked about for months and that weren't made, but a lot of moves made uh, before the Thursday trade deadline, including a couple by the Celtics. Uh, Danny Age is usually quiet around this time. He hadn't made a trade deadline deal in six years. But on this deadline, he made a couple of trades uh, for various reasons. So we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about some of the new faces and new places. And then also the possibilities for the Celtics in the buyout market. Because now that becomes the new trade deadline is uh, who's going to go to what team when their contract's bought out. And a couple of players... um, or just or bought out today or probably going to be bought out in the next couple of days after trades. So there's a lot of possibilities for the Celtics roster. But first, let's get into what happened today. First, trade deadline on the trade deadline early in the day, the Celtics were able to acquire Evan Fournier from the Orlando Magic for that for two second round picks, which means they throw that trade exception into it. Uh, folks in Celtic land and Celtic faithful have been long discussing this trade exception. What to do, what 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 the Celtics, who they can get. Oh, it's going to be Bradley Bill, Andre Drummond, uh, Victor Oladipo, all these names. But the guy that they got with this, or part of it, was Evan Fournier. Fournier, let's look at his numbers. This year, 19.7 points, 3.7 assists, 2.9 rebounds. He's a guy who can score. Okay, that's exactly what you need. This team desperately needs scoring. Let's go through the game, just just completed game against the Milwaukee Bucks that happened Wednesday night at Fiserv Forum. The Celtics come back from a 25-point deficit. They play hard. They play well for the second half. They allowed 70 points in the first half. They only allowed 51 in the second. They did a good job against Giannis. They were able to harness, although Chris Milton got way too many easy looks. I just think there's just something he has against the Celtics. He always punishes the Celtics. It's not even funny. But he had too many buckets, um, you know, for the Celtics' taste. They were able to, but they were able to have a chance to come back. And the two biggest shots of the game came down to two guys. One, a Marcus Smart open three-pointer, dead open, would have given them the lead, miss. And then Daniel Tice, who is no longer a Celtic, uh, his last shot as a Celtic was a corner three that would have won the game at the buzzer, back-rimmed it, Celtics lose 121-119. Fournier gives the Celtics another option down the stretch. Look look at his numbers, okay? Uh, He's a 10-year veteran, played his first two years in Denver, didn't play much, eh. Then he got traded to Orlando where he flourished. Okay, he's he's a guy 39% from three this year, 38.8% from three this year, a career 37.6. So he's going to stretch the floor. This year he took seven threes a game, career high. So he was launching from the three-point line. Good free throw shooter, 80%. You know, decent assists, almost four. Uh, you know, a steal a game. So he'll get you a deflection here and there. And just a guy who is just steady. He's not spectacular. 
He's not going to make the all-star team. He's not a superstar, but he was one of Orlando's better players. You could argue that he was their best player. Or sorry, I'll say Vucevic, second best player. Uh, scratch that best player thing. Second best player behind Nikola Vucevic, who was also traded, and so was Aaron Gordon. So, so Fournier gives the Celtics another guy, you know, guy six seven. Okay, so he's he's not a he's not a small two. He's a legit two. And now Brad Stevens can play with the lineup. Do you want to go with Kimba, Jalen, Jason Fournier, and Robert Williams? Is that going to be your starting lineup or Tristan Thompson? How's that going to go? You, do you want to put, bring Smart off the bench? Or do you think Smart needs to start? That's a good question for the Celtics. They're going to have to figure that one out. But it gives them more options. They needed a veteran on this team. The Celtics lack just veteran players, guys who knew what to do, who knew their job. And quite honestly, it was to the point that Danny Ainge said, Brad Stevens, no favors with how he built the roster this year. Danny's got to take some serious blame for how the Celtics were constructed this year. Um, so he did a little something about that by attracting, requiring Fournier. Fournier now, he's 28 years old. Okay, so he's he's young and he's in the prime of his career. He's not an old guy. He's he's going to be a free agent. But if you're the Celtics, you probably think you can, you can use your bird rights to resign him so you can bring him back and he can be part of your equation for next year. Okay, um, he's a guy who made, I want to say he's in last year, it was like a deal that paid him $18 million. Orlando was really committed to Fournier um, for years, but the, the, the Magic were on a treadmill. Let's be honest, it was about time the Magic did a fire sale. The guys that have been there, Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Fournier, just did nothing to help them win. They were a first-round elimination the last couple of years. They were an AC. They were just good enough to get to the playoffs, but not good, maybe good enough to win a game. If you remember, they were able to beat Toronto in game one a year ago, um, and then Toronto kind of pounced on them. And then last year, they took a game from the Bucks, I believe, and then they the Bucks, you know, trounced them 4-1 a gentleman's sweep. So the Celtics were able to take advantage of Orlando's fire sale. I think it was a good thing. Now, Aaron Gordon, the question was, what would it take to acquire Aaron Gordon? And Gordon went to Denver. Okay, folks. So the, the Nuggets were the Celtics' primary competitor for Aaron Gordon. And the, the, the Nuggets offered Gary Harris, a former lottery pick, a guy who's always been a solid defender but just has never really learned how to shoot and is always hurt. So we kind of fell a couple of steps behind, obviously, the Jamal Murrays and now, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Will Barton, and, and guys who just kind of played more, you know, Harris kind of fell behind. He was not – his standing in Denver was kind of, you know, dwindling after because he just couldn't stay healthy. He never really learned how to shoot. And then in the bubble, he was hurt most of the time in the bubble, and Jeremy Grant kind of flourished, right? So the Nuggets saw, okay, do we really need Gary Harris? And so they, but they also threw in R.J. Hampton. Remember, this kid Hampton was considered a potential top five pick for a while. He fell in the middle of the lottery. To, sorry, in the middle, late first round of Denver, and then they threw in a first round pick. So that's a lot of sacrifice. You're trading a prospect, uh, established veteran Gary Harris, and then uh, 
a first-round pick because Orlando's just trying to build assets. They're doing the Oklahoma City move. Let's build some assets. Let's get some first-round picks. Let's play the kids, and let's start over because what we did with Vucevic, Gordon, and Fournier didn't work. So the Celtics had to ask themselves, who are they going to trade for Aaron Gordon? I don't think the Magic was at least been interested in Tristan Thompson. Okay. And then, so you're talking about the most other most tradable contract is Marcus Smart. The Magic wanted Smart, but did you want to trade Smart, one of your best defenders, and perhaps Aaron Neesmith, and perhaps a first-round pick for Gordon? Because I don't think the trade exception, I don't think the Magic were going to do, we're going to cooperate with this trade exception and go, hey, we'll just take your trade exception off your hands and we'll take a first-round pick. I think the Suns are going to have to give multiple first-round picks. Danny was not going to sacrifice the future, especially in this draft, which is supposed to be a very deep draft. We'll see. We've heard about drafts in the last couple of years. Oh, it's a deep draft, so much talent, and it hasn't been that way. But what uh, the experts are saying is this is a deep draft, so the Celtics don't want to give up their first-round pick. So they go after and get Fournier pretty easily. Um, the next deal is a, not a, I wouldn't say a head scratcher. The Celtics have to get under the tax. They don't want to be a luxury tax team. They don't want to be a repeater. Remember, Jason Tatum's contract kicks in next year. His extension, the $195 million five-year deal. Yeah, that kicks in next year. In addition to, uh, you know, other guys you might want to pay. Remember, Robert Williams is coming up for an extension this this uh, offseason, you know, and then you've got Jalen's deal continuing. Um, another year of Kimba's deal continuing, Max deal. So you got two Max guys, okay, in Tatum and Kimba, along with an almost Max guy in Jalen Brown, a little short of a Max guy. And then if you want to do Fournier, you have to figure this out. So the Celtics figured we've got to get under this luxury tax, we got to shed some salary. And Daniel Tice had an expiring $5 million contract. It's a bargain on this market. And they gave him, basically, to the Chicago Bulls. And uh, they threw in Javante Green for uh, Mo Wagner, who was just traded to the Bulls uh, on trade deadline day. He was formerly with the Wizards. He's a Wagner's a high-energy guy. He's a guy who who, in my opinion, left Michigan way too early. He was a solid player at Michigan, decided to be one of those one-and-dones. He's turned into a role player. If Wagner stays at Michigan for two or three more years, he's probably a very a much better player. But teams don't invest as much if you're not good. If you don't come out of the draft good, you're going to have to work really hard to get to that next level. And Wagner has been okay, but he's bounced around now. He's with the Lakers. The Lakers send him in a salary dump to the Wizards. You know, he's a high-energy guy. He plays defense. He can stretch the floor. Um, and that's what he's going to give you. But he's not going to give you what Tice gives you. It's a step down from Daniel Tice. And then Luke Cornett, the Bulls are looking to shed a salary in the roster spot. Cornett, the former Vanderbilt center, is just a guy at the end of the bench. So I don't know what the Celtics do with Luke Cornett. Do they waive him? Who knows if Cornett ever appears in a Celtics uniform? That was about getting under the luxury tax, okay? And it's also about opportunity. Robert Williams needs to play more. I think that's evident, okay? And 
we can go over the Daniel Tice situation now. Tice, I thought, gave, I mean, the Celtics have taken their chances with guys from overseas. Uh, remember Victor Favorini, bust. Remember, and now Vincent Poirier, who's still in the league somehow, um, bust. But they are able to get, you know, um, Semi Eridan from Turkey, bust. But Daniel Tice was one of those guys who ended up being a solid, solid player for the Celtics. Uh, was able to get some rebounding, able to hit that short jumper. I, I was impressed this year with Tice. I did not like him shooting three-pointers over the last several years. I thought it was a waste, but he became a decent three-point shooter. He became a solid mid-range shooter off the pick and pop. He, this, the only issue with Tice was he wasn't a rim protector, and two, he got in way too much foul trouble. I mean, and I'm not one to complain about officiating and boo-hoo, we didn't get the calls or whatever. I'm not a a guy who has ever thought that officiating really affects a game, except in key, a couple of pivotal games, pivotal moments over the years. But Tice just was a target for officials. I mean, there was times I saw Tice take charges, get hit in the mouth, get hit in the stomach, foul on you. Yeah, we know you're, you're coughing up a lung. You know, get to the bench because the foul's on you. Third foul. I mean, he just could not avoid foul trouble. And that affected the Celtics defense because when you get a guy who has two or three fouls quickly, you get into the bonus and you give people, you give your opponents to uh, lots of free throws. Okay. And the Celtics have to stop fouling so much. And Daniel Tice, unfortunately was one of the main culprits of um, their fouling escapades. He just could not, you know, ever really, he could not ever really, defend without fouling and that was a, that was an issue um but for a player for the value that they were able to get from him five million a year he was a bargain 9.5 points 5.2 rebounds 1.6 assists you know but again um three fouls at, at average of three fouls a game in just 24 minutes so he's getting a foul every eight minutes that's um, too too high. The Celtics have to figure out what to do at center. So they're going to go with the combination of Tristan Thompson and Robert Williams. Tristan, whenever he comes back from this protocol, because it's been a while now, um, you know, I don't know if he has COVID, but this is definitely one of those 10-day situations where um, he's probably going to be back sometime next week now, which really hurts the team. Because they do need Tristan Thompson, and now they need him more than ever without Tice. Robert Williams is a guy that, obviously, I think everybody agrees that he needs to play more. He needs to have his kind of time. You know, he needs to have his opportunity. And let's see what he does with it. He's turned into a decent mid-range shooter. Not, not to say he's going to take a lot of mid-range shots, but he is practiced, okay? You can see the work that Robert has put in. You see that he can be a rim protector, that he can, he just gives you an opportunity for so many easy baskets. You can just throw the ball up, he's going to dunk. You couldn't do that with Tice as much, uh, and you couldn't do that. Thompson doesn't have the athleticism that probably the bounce he used to have. So he gets up and he's, you know, Thompson's 6'9", and guys are, 
blocking his shot. Not with Robert Williams. Robert Williams will get on uh, up and dunk on you. Okay, he dunk on he dunk on anybody. So it's it's about time for him to play more minutes. So I think that's one of the benefits of Tice. But you know, it's a tough loss because I think he did bring value to the roster. I think he was a, a solid, hardworking player. He never complained. He never, you know, there, he he took a lot of shots, a lot of hits to the mouth. All all the all the, you know, he was not a a well liked player in terms of the officiating. He he took a lot of um. He took a lot of shots. But let's look at Mo, Mo Wagner. Okay, Mo's twenty three. He'll be twenty four in April. And 7.1 points this year for the Wizards, 2.9 rebounds, 1.3 assists in 15 minutes. Okay, he's a 31% three-point shooter, so not exactly Steph Curry here. Uh, you'd like to see an improvement in that. But the thing with Wagner is he's never really gotten an opportunity. Like he was a first-round pick in the 18. As I said, he left Michigan um, probably thought at 21 it was time for him to go because he was 21 by the time he entered the draft. But I just don't think he was ready for, for ready to play in the NBA. Uh, he played 43 games with the Lakers, averaged 4.8 points, and he got shipped to the Wizards. Um, you know, so they could clear space for Anthony Davis and other guys. He played 45 games last year, 8.7 points, uh, 4.9 rebounds, and then this year 7.1 points. And 2.9 rebounds. So his rebounds went down considerably from last year. He's 6'11", 245, but he's a, he's, a, he's a thin, he's not a fit 245. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to see that weigh in because I don't think he's 245. That's what he's listed as. But he is 6'11". He does take charges. He does defend. 31% is not terrible uh, from the three-point line for a big. That can improve, uh, but he will help. In certain situations, he might be able to play some stretch four. Uh, he'll definitely play hard. He's a he's a fiery player. I think the Celtics fans and remember fans are allowed back at TD Garden on Monday against the Pelicans. He can he's going to fire up the crowd. He's a he's a guy who can get under the opponent's skin. So I think he'll fit in well. I think that's a decent get back, even though you're losing. Uh, Wagner's a guy who could become part of your future if everything works out. A former first-round pick, remember. I mean, this guy's not chopped liver. Um, I wouldn't say he's a bust yet because he just hasn't had a chance to play. He's played 113 NBA games. Like, come on, folks. 23 starts, 14 minutes a game. He just hasn't had an opportunity. And Washington's a place that shuttled, was shuttling in and out young players um, and just – you know, it, it was a place you just knew that his future probably wasn't in Washington. So now he gets a fresh start. Let's see what, what happens to Mo Wagner, a guy who uh, we need to see more from from Mo, but uh, he, he'll get some minutes. He'll be of use. Um, and the trade also, when you, you know, losing Javante Green, I like Javante. He's, a, he's, a, he's a, one of those good stories in the, in the league. He comes out undrafted out of Radford a few years ago, makes a summer league team, and then just dazzles in summer league, mad athleticism. Uh, he did everything the Celtics asked. 
I thought they could have used him. Remember, he was he was hurt most of the time in the bubble. They could have used him in the bubble last year. He might have made a difference a little bit for a game or two. But um, he's just a, a guy that he's he's replaceable. You know, there's a bunch of freakish athletes in the NBA, and the thing that the Celtics needed from Javante was like crisp three point shooting, and I don't think he was quite ever able. He was working on it because they needed him to be a three and D guy. And in this in these days, you got to shoot the three. And I don't think Javante ever kind of got into shooting and became a, a comfortable three-point shooter to where he could he could burn defenses. But defensively, he's a solid player. He's an athlete. I think he'll fit well in Chicago. But that opens up an opportunity for a guy like Aaron Neesmith. I think people want to see what Aaron can do. Aaron has played better um, over the last couple of weeks. When Brad Stevens has let him play, remember, he, he was kind of in the, I don't say the doghouse, but he definitely wasn't in the rotation to begin the season. Then he had a couple of six, seven game stretch where he was. And then once that loss to Atlanta happened and uh, the Celtics came, it, things were really bad in Boston. Uh, Stevens decided to, to cut down the rotation and Neesmith was kind of a victim of that. But then he get, gets in the last couple of games and, and add something. And this will be another opportunity for him. Um, also gone is Jeff Teague, uh, which is interesting because, you know, Teague is another, you know, salary cut, but also another chance to open up a roster spot. Teague's going to Orlando, but he'll never play for the Magic. The Magic told him to stay home. And, you know, Teague will be another guy who will probably try to sign with somewhere as a backup. Teague was playing his best ball. I mean, he had 26 points. Um, in the in the loss uh, the other night, and to me, uh, he was playing better. He was starting to show the signs of the team the Celtics thought they were getting. So it's kind of a calculated risk. I don't say it's a big risk because Teague wasn't you know killing it by any means, but he was starting to play better basketball, and that's that's one of those situations where you just salary wise he was expendable. The Celtics wanted to open up another potential roster spot, so you just kind of hand him to a team just for salary purposes. They waive him, and then Teague gets a chance to go somewhere else for another fresh start. But if you're the Celtics, um, you know, what does that do in terms of your depth? Now you need um, another backup point guard. You don't have Kimba. What, what are you going to do? You gonna, is Marcus Smart going to – play more minutes is a Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard's a guy that they want to see more of. Um, you know, I th I think Peyton's tailed off a little bit. I don't think he has played as well as uh, he did in the early going, but I also think with more playing time, who knows, that might improve. Um, but it does give an opportunity for Pritchard to kind of be the, the primary backup point guard and, you know, to give him some space without looking over his shoulder. You know, let's look at, at, at Pritchard's number, 7.1 points, 2.0 rebounds, 2.1 assists. And February, he was he struggled 30.6% from the three-point line. But in March, he has picked back up 50% from the three-point line. He just isn't shooting as much. And his minutes have gone down. His minutes have dwindled because uh, Teague played so well. 
He played 21 minutes a game in February, 15, almost 16 minutes in March. So his minutes had dwindled. Uh, Post-All-Star, he had played his numbers 45.5% from the three-point line post-All-Star, but 4.9 points because he played eight less minutes a game. Because Teague's improvement cut in to, and also Marcus Smart's return, cut in to Pritchard's minutes. So this opens up some more minutes for Pritchard. Um, that's going to be a good thing. You're going to get a chance to see him grow. And maybe, who knows, Tremont Waters see some time also. Uh, Tremont's kind of been waiting his turn. Um, he got a chance to play a couple last month in Sacramento. I thought he did decently. Um, and at the in during the Atlanta game, his shot started going down. The biggest detractor for Tremont Waters is he he hasn't been able to shoot the ball, um, and he makes too many takes too many chances, uh, too many silly turnovers. But if he can steady up that, he can perhaps get some more minutes. So the Celtics, you know, they're taking some calculated risks here. But that's what good teams do when they when they make trades. Uh, you get rid of roster guys. Miami traded Kelly Olynyk, who was in their rotation, and Avery Bradley for Victor Oladipo, you know, hoping Oladipo re-signs this summer. Um, teams, are teams. you've got to sometimes give up, you know, some core pieces to get back core pieces. You can't, um, you can't have it all, right? And so the Celtics had to give up twice to get under the tax. Uh, and Javante and... T to clear up some roster space for for a buyout candidate. Now let's look at this buyout candidate. Okay, so the Celtics trade a center and they don't bring one back. They, Wagner, you can call him a center, but he's not a true true five. Okay, so do you look at Andre Drummond or Lamarcus Aldridge? Okay, Drummond, I think you know that would be a simple rental. I don't think you bring him back long term. Um, I think. Drummond wants to be in a situation. He's never really won. I think he wants to be in a situation where he wins. I think, you know, Detroit went to the playoffs once or twice during his time there, but he's never won on any major level. First round elimination. He's been been at home waiting his turn. Um, after Cleveland kind of told him to stay, stay, stay away until they make a deal. So is Andre Drummond going to help this team He's going to get your rebounds. He's got a little inside game. Um, but he gives you, I don't know if he makes that much of a difference. Now let's look at LaMarcus Aldridge, who was bought out today by the San Antonio Spurs. The Celtics have interest in Aldridge. Aldridge is aging. He's 35 years old. Doesn't seem like it. Seems like, you know, um, it, you, you probably take him for 32, 33 or something like that. But no. Marcus Aldridge is 35 years old. Okay, his San Antonio numbers this year were not good. He he, he was losing playing time. You know, Yakaporo was Perto was playing uh, over him. They have guys like Keldon Johnson. The Spurs were going young, and Aldridge wasn't part of that plan, obviously, because he's not young. So, if you're the Celtics, do you have an interest in him? That's interesting. I think you should, but the question is. Who else is going to go after him? Miami? You know, um, the Heat are trying to win the champ title this year. The Heat are going for it all. They, they saw what happened they did last year. They feel like they're a couple of pieces away. Um, they have a chance to get to that probably that third seed, third or fourth seed. Uh, 
they're going to go for it. So if you're the Celtics, is Aldridge an attractive option to play for your team? I think he is, uh, but, you know, he's got to want to play in Boston. He's got to understand that they have other bigs. Uh, how he mix with Tristan Thompson? That all these will be interesting factors um, in terms of what they pursue. Another guy who's not a center but could be bought out is Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter, a former third overall pick, had a really nice career at Georgetown, drafted by the hometown team in terms of the Wizards, never worked out there, although he became a third max guy because the remember if you remember the Nets before they got all you know before the Nets really scored on free agency uh was had a bunch of money and was trying to spend it and they made a huge bid for Otto Porter and the the Wizards matched it at like I think one I want to say 110 120 million so therefore Otto gets this 5 year 120 million dollar contract being the third option behind John Wall and Bradley Beal in Washington. And Otto is not one of those A personality guys, so he just kind of became comfortable as a third option. And then there was a lot of criticism, you know, because he just never lived up to that contract. Then he got moved to Chicago, where he kind of became a bench guy. You know, he just never has materialized as a player who can, you know, really help a team. I mean, and really be a, a main contributor. I mean, he's had his moments, um, but he's never, he's not a guy who was a number one option at all. And if you look at his numbers, let's look at Otto's numbers this year. I mean, to me, I think it's a good pickup because he doesn't have to be a primary scorer. He can just come off the bench, stretch the floor, and shoot threes. Otto Porter average. Nine points a game this year, five rebounds, and two assists. Okay, he's been hurt most of the year. And this is a guy, he's still only 27, which is uh, incredible. This is a guy who um, literally, like, he shoots 40% from the three this year. He's only played 25. He played in 39 games over the last two seasons and then 15. So 54 games for the Bulls. That's less than, you know, almost barely half a, a, a half a season um but there it is like you know he still may he's and he still has that contract so he's probably going to get bowed out by the magic Orlando has no use for him his career best was uh 14.7 points um in, in one of his final full seasons with the wizards in uh 17 18. 44% from the three-point line. Career, 40.4% three-point shooter. Okay? Just remember that. 40.4%. Otto can hit the three. Okay? Um, and if he's engaged, he can really help you. He's been he's been you know, often injured over the last couple of years. Uh, after being pretty durable during his, uh, you know, first few years in Washington, uh, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy uh, during his last few years in Washington and also uh, the last year and a half in Chicago. So he's a guy that they, I think the Celtics should target because there's not a lot of pressure. He can come in, stretch the floor. He's another wing. He can defend. He's young, okay, and he'll get a, a, a definitive role. 
Okay, he'll be he'll come off the bench. Um, now, I saw Otto once this year when he played the Celtics, and Otto was actually pretty good. Otto was good in that game. He stretched the floor. He didn't do you know was the the Celtics were able to pull away with a win, but he had 13 points on four of eight from three from the field, four for seven from three, five rebounds in 23 minutes. Um, he had 22 points in an overtime loss against Denver. Uh, last week, nine for thirteen from the field, four for seven from three. So, Otto can score at times. He's he's not a you know he's a guy that you know he's he is what he is. He's never going to be a superstar. The league is filled with guys who are drafted on potential and given the keys to a franchise or given the keys to to be um, one of the, the main cogs, and it just never quite worked out. And I think that is uh, Otto Porter in a nutshell. But these are the type of guys that are bought out. Most of the buyout guys have flaws. LaMarcus is old. Andre Drummond, the game might have passed him by because he's not a three-point shooter. And he's a, he's a five who's a more of an in, interior and a, and a very good rebounder. Okay? So if you're um, the Celtics... Anyone you bring in is going to have a flaw. But you need another veteran, okay? Um, how much pressure do you want to put on Aaron Smith? How much pressure do you want to put on Peyton Pritchard or other guys to come off the bench and flourish? You want to have uh, some veteran presence. Even if it doesn't work out, it's a buyout. Remember, Troy Murphy, Greg Monroe, guys like that have been buyouts for the Celtics you know, has the results have been mixed? You know, Greg Monroe had his moments. Troy Murphy really didn't. Um, but they have done the buyout uh, market before. And Boston is an attractive place. People know they're going to win. Uh, for the most part, good fan base, good city to play in. Uh, so it all depends on what Otto is looking for. First of all, obviously, Orlando has a buy him out. I don't think there's any use for him there. Who you know? Who why why would you play Otto Porter if he's not in your in your future and he's a you know impending free agent? No reason for that. So I would assume that the Magic is going to buy him out, just like they said, uh, told Jeff Teague to stay home, and they'll buy him out also. So if you're the Celtics, I think you definitely need to look at Otto Porter, Lamarcus Aldridge, and maybe Andre Drummond, and we'll see. Some of the guys who are also bought out over the last over the next couple of days. Remember, a guy like Kelly Olynyk is headed to Houston. Okay, the Rockets don't need Kelly Olynyk. Um, he's just an expiring contract. So, do you buy him out if you're the, if you're the Rockets and if you're the Celtics? You know Kelly. Okay, you know his game. You know what he can do. He can play the four or five. He can shoot. Um, he got used to a comfortable bench role in Miami. What do you do? Do you do you bring him back? He's always had a good relationship with Brad Stevens. He left on good terms. Um, that's a possibility uh, of a Kelly Olynyk reunion. You know, so there's a lot of possibilities for the Celtics, and I'm glad that they are able to clear some roster space to sign one of these guys. I think Danny Ainge has been too married to this current roster. You know, I like Javante Green. I like Jeff T. Good guys. But they're expendable. And in the NBA, if you're a good team, 
You've got to get rid of guys that you probably don't want to get rid of. You've got to get rid of expendable parts. A couple years ago, the Lakers got rid of uh, DeMarcus Cousins. They didn't want to do that. The earlier this season, they cut Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook is a popular guy in the locker room. Everybody liked Quinn Cook. But the, the Lakers were saying to themselves, hey, we got other needs, Quinn. We need your roster spot, bruh. Like, we got to, we, we got to move forward. So you got to make unpopular moves. This is unfortunate. The unfortunate part about being GM is parting with guys who are popular, guys that people like. People like Daniel Tice. People like Javante Green. And people did like Jeff T. Jeff T's a good guy. Uh, his production wasn't up to par of what they expected, but he was playing well over the last week or two. And so, who knows? He might get another shot with a team looking for a backup point guard, considering that he had some pretty good numbers over the last couple of weeks. But if you're the Celtics, what you need to do now is concentrate on stabilizing this roster. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure with the COVID situation, when Fournier is going to be available. It could be that if he's testing every day, he could be available uh, very soon uh, because obviously he played the other night uh, against the Phoenix Suns. So he might be, quite honestly, in headed to Milwaukee now and could be available for Friday depending on the c- protocol not sure what the protocol is for traded players. Obviously, it's a new uh, precedent here, new new horizons in terms of, of protocol with uh, COVID. So we don't know the conditions for traded players. Do you have to sit out a week? Don't think that is uh, the case, but I do think there could be some um, protocol situations for some of these traded guys. Now, if you're the Celtics, um, you try to stabilize the roster. You got to do, you know, Robert Williams should be starting Friday in Milwaukee. Obviously, no Tristan Thompson. You figure that situation out. Do you want him to be the starter and bring Tristan off the bench, or do you want Tristan to start and to bring Robert off the bench? And then you figure out how you want to use Fournier, bring him off the bench, or uh, start him and bring Marcus Smart off the bench. Those are decisions that Brad Stevens, I think, will be glad to make because that offers more versatility. Um. I think the Celtics just have to, at this point, the goal is trying to get that third or fourth seed. I don't think they're going to – I just think they're too much in a hole to try to chase Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and even um, – uh, not Miami, Brooklyn. I think they're going to have to just say, listen, we're 21 and 23, 44 games into the season, 28 games left. In that 28 games, if you're the Celtics – you try to go 18 and 10. Okay, that leaves you with a you know 39 and 33 record. You take your chances with that, and you just go into the playoffs playing decent ball. Okay. They have seven home games in a row when they get done with this road trip and get home from Oklahoma City. That's a key, key, key stretch if you're the Celtics. A key stretch. Because you you gotta you gotta pocket some of those, a lot of those home games. I mean, the Celtics have, let's look at the schedule here. Um, the Celtics have, when they get home, okay, New Orleans, Dallas, two winnable games. Houston and Charlotte, two more winnable games. Charlotte will be tough. Philadelphia probably won't be favored there. The Knicks, tough game on the next night. And then the Timberwolves, you got to think, you got to go 5-2 and two on that homestand. Um you know, Dallas will be tough. Um, 
and Philadelphia will be tough, and so will the Knicks, and Charlotte also. You know, Gordon Hayward's comeback game. But if you're the Celtics, you got to try to you got to shoot for five and two. Then you got Denver, Portland, and the Lakers on the road. Hey, two and one if you can shoot for that. Chicago and Phoenix, you got to try to win both those games. Although Phoenix and both those games will be tough. Then at Brooklyn, at Charlotte, two tough ones. Then Oklahoma City, Charlotte, San Antonio, and Portland, another landmine. Charlotte's going to be tough. Portland's going to be tough. And, and even so, San Antonio. Then Orlando, Chicago. Then two against Miami. Then Cleveland, Minnesota, and New York. So the schedule is not easy, right? You don't have a lot of cupcakes. The Celtics lost to a lot of these cupcakes. So now you've got to play better. And you've got to play. And you've got to hopefully this trade energizes your team. That's what you do it for. I think as much as... Uh, Jason's going to miss his buddy Javante and guys like Jeff Teague and Daniel Tice. I think they felt, hey, it's time for us to, to do something different. We need new guys in the locker room, some new energy, and they can move forward. So let's see what happens there. Let's see what happens in the buyout market. Let's see what happens when these guys are available, how different the Celtics look, and it will be a fascinating next couple of days. So that's it, folks. Uh, that's it for the podcast. Enjoy your sports week. We got NCAA games this weekend. Remember, also, you know, the NCAA Women's Tournament, very exciting too. Their Sweet 16's coming up too. Um, and then you got all the NBA games. Uh, baseball season begins next week. So I'm looking forward to, we're all looking forward to that. Uh, your local, your home team is starting, uh, you know, on the field. And, and I think that's good. You know, my, my Dodgers uh, uh, will try to repeat as champions. Uh, looking forward to that. So, uh, a lot of fun things to look forward to in spring with uh, college hoops, pro hoops, baseball, um, the NFL draft coming up also. So enjoy your sports week. And remember, folks, stay safe, mask up, and just take care of yourselves out there. And we will see you next week on the next edition of the Washburn Five.